Carterton artist Nairi Kearney has the steadiest of hands and nerves of steel. She needs them as she etches intricate images into glass and stone or burns them into wood. Most of her designs are created on objects she finds in second-hand shops, glass vases, wooden boxes, school desks, as well as family heirlooms that people bring to her for an artistic makeover. Do take a look at the gallery of images on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. Winari trades as burnt offerings, and her work's included in the upcoming Big Y art sale in the Wairarapa, alongside that of other artists and some from further afield. Nari says she's self-taught and started burning wood about 20 years ago. My husband's an engineer, and he decided, and he works with metal, and he decided that he wanted to have a go with some wood turning, you know, using a different material. And we were in the wood turning shop and there was a poker machine, which is uh, what I use for burning. And I decided to give it a go. So he was turning pieces for me to burn. Yeah, I mean, I've always been arty, so I can always, I've always been able to draw. And uh, then the demand outstripped him doing that. And I turned to secondhand finds and that's where I've stuck because I love it. You also etch into stone and glass. Are they different skills? I mean, you've got to have such a steady hand and a very certain eye. But are they similar or very different? They are similar in some ways. Um, I can use the same designs that I create in the wood. I can use them for the glass. Uh, but it is a different, definitely a different technique. For the glass etching in the stone, it's extremely noisy. It's lots of dust. So, you know, I've got to put all the gears on and I've got to have extraction fans and all that sort of stuff. And I've connected it to a compressor, which means it spins really, really fast. So you've got to move quite fast, otherwise the glass will crack and sometimes the stone will too. But I love it because it just means I can draw all over the glass. It's wonderful. What are your favourite woods? Maybe the most resilient woods? I don't know. What are your favourite woods to burn on? Macrocarpa is stunning because it's a lighter wood um, and it shows my burning up really, really well. But, I mean, to be honest, most woods are fine. It's just the darker ones because um, it doesn't show the burning so well. It's um, anything that's natural or native wood is really good to work with. But I'm finding that there's lots of stuff coming through now with, like, bamboo and fruit trees and all sorts they're not very nice to burn at all um so you do have to be careful and i can't burn on anything that's um man-made like custom wood or anything like that because it's toxic given that you are working with op shop finds i imagine that some of the if i just focus on wood again for a moment some of the uh, things that you find might be quite old wood which might be quite dry does that make it difficult for the burning I mean how do you what preparation do you have to do when you're burning older woods when I find something I have to take off the finish that's on the wood so like I can't burn through paint or varnish or anything like that so I I sand everything up and to be honest old wood is lovely to burn because it's a lot it's a lot drier so it's really easy um, I don't have to have it turned up very high because it burns really quick. Do you have to apply the torch really delicately? I mean, you get you achieve some very fine lines, and then sometimes you have quite a you know quite a, a large area that's burnt. But I imagine you have to have quite a delicate 
hand. You don't want to do too much damage. You wouldn't want to go too deep, right? Yeah, I mean, it's only really burning the top millimetre of the wood, really. It's not going down too deeply. Well, I don't tend to. I mean, you could if you wanted to. Um, But I'm lucky that the machine I have, it gives you the different degrees. So you can have it turned down really, really low, which is when I do all the fine detail and then turned up when I want to do the darker burning. I think of your work, actually, it reminds me of tattoos, you know, those very fine lines, but also no margin for error. You know, it's not like, say, if you're working in oil paints and something doesn't quite go right and you can, you know, you can paint on top. I mean, I mean, that must be, are you very aware of that or do you have to approach this with no fear, you know, with total confidence? Total confidence. I mean, I'm the only one that knows if there's a mistake, really. Um, and if the worst case scenario happens and I completely stuff it up like I've done once before on a half round table, I did the design upside down, you just sand it off and start again. With your designs, I mean, clearly, and you're living in um, Cardiff in a beautiful part of the country, uh, I, I get a great sense of nature. You know, a lot of birds, the piece that I bought was a dragonfly. You know, this, is this what mainly inspires you, the natural world? Absolutely. I really, really love our native birds and all the other ones as well, but birds especially. We've got many in our garden here. And I I find that people are really drawn to our native birds, so I tend to do do draw them quite a lot. Um, But I do also like Celtic, so I do quite a little bit of um, Celtic. But one of the biggest parts of what I do is people will contact me and say I've got a friend's birthday coming up or a 21st I'm doing a lot of 21st gifts and they're interested in like one recently was eels fantails celtic um, and hawks and so I can combine all those elements into one design to make it really personal to that person I adore the fact that you are recycling also in the op shop finds I think you just love op shop as well to be fair (laughs) I think that's another interest of yours when you're looking for objects what are the sort of things that will catch your eye I mean I imagine you'll you'll see a piece and what do you can you visualize quite quickly be it a a wooden box or or a glass vase or object can you visualize what would work best in terms of perspective and size contrast all of those things basically when I see something it's the shape that I go for first if it's it's a shape that really appeals. And with glass, it's always colour that draws me straight away, the coloured glass. But I have to be careful that these days a lot of glass is actually painted and not manufactured coloured. So often um, I'll etch something up and realise it's painted. And then, of course, once you wash it, all the colour goes away. But, yeah, I don't visualise it straight away. Sometimes I can, but most of the time I'll bring it back to my studio and have it sitting next to me for a while and then a design will come with it sitting next to me and and often the piece will tell me what is going to suit it best and that's the thing I really enjoy is because I never know what I'm going to find so I never know what I'm going to be working on so it's all completely different and changes all the time which is what I love. So if I was standing alongside you and we were op shopping what are the sorts of objects that you are most likely to put your hand out to? Or do you go in with a very open mind? Very open. 
I don't know. It's one of those things that's just instinctive when you go in and you see something. Um, sometimes I might have to think about it a little bit, but most of the time it's impulsive and I think, yes, I can do something with that. If you're, I'm just trying to think, something like a, a, a wooden box, if there are signs of its old life, you know, a few nicks or scratches, maybe even burns, when you're creating your design for it, would you leave those marks of its, of its past? I try to as much as possible, yes, because I really, really like that. If the box has lots of character around the edges, then I will just sand the top and burn the top and leave the rest original. Um, it just really depends on the aspect of the box, how it looks, I suppose. I've done old-fashioned pencil cases, the wooden pencil cases, and often they've got writing in them or they've got pencil marks, and I leave all of that. Same as when I do old school desks and I we lower them and turn them into coffee tables because the wood is just beautiful on them. And I leave all the graffiti that's inside because I just think that's part of the piece. What, what are some of the other more unusual objects that you've worked on, Nari? I do like to pick up things and, and give them a different sort of purpose. Um, I like to use old wooden doors a lot and then I turn them into pieces of art for the wall. You know, you can get some beautiful old doors, not big ones, just cupboard doors, so that they're a good size. Um, I do a lot of chairs, you know, old chairs, especially school school type chairs. And I've turned the old school desks into cupboards that go on the wall as well. You just put a shelf in them and hang them on the wall. I meant to ask you earlier, actually, Nari, you mentioned before that, say, a commission might be, I want something created for a friend and I want, I think it was a, a hawk and something Celtic and a piwaka waka fantail on it. On the other side of this, I guess people might bring things to you and ask for images to be etched or burnt. Have you had some un unusual, challenging examples of that? Yes, I have. Um, one particular piano stool was beautiful but they tried to upholster the top um, themselves and the, I don't know how many tacks were in it. I had to take all the tacks out and then underneath, because it hadn't been upholstered properly, there'd been a bit of moisture, so it had decayed. So my husband, being creative as well, he got a piece of wood and we slotted it in and I did this design over the top but you could still see where all the little holes had been put into it, which still tells the story of the piece, but it did look a lot better without the, the dodgy upholstery on the top. Is there quite an active artist community in, in the Carterton Wairarapa region? Absolutely. There's a very, very strong uh, what group called Why Art and they're very proactive in helping artists get the most out of what they're doing. They, and I'm part of the committee for that. It's a great team of people. And Carden itself does embrace quite a lot of artistic, these paintings and things that are put up in the township as well. So, yeah, it's a really strong artist presence here. And you have the big Y art sale coming up. And I was reading something like more than 1,500 artworks. That's really substantial. And most of those are what? From Wairarapa artists, right? Yes. 90% of the of the art is from the Wairarapa. We do have some people that come over from Wellington. And it's all run by volunteers. And it's artists for artists. Um, and basically, you buy a panel 
and then you go in and put your artwork up yourself. So you hang it all yourself, you present it all yourself. Um, and then during the three days that it's on, people come in and then there's artists mingling around that help the customers and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's all all volunteer and it's it's just really wonderful. And I'm in the foyer, I get to have a spot in the foyer and I'm sitting there burning so people can see how I make what I do. Has Instagram become quite a great tool for independent artists these days? Social media, I think, is a brilliant tool for artists, really, when you consider how far your art can go. I'm not the greatest at technology. Um, I've got a reasonably good following on Facebook, but uh, Instagram is, is something new and it's slowly building. Um, but I think anything that where you can get your art in front of people, because you can tell people what I do, but until you actually visually see it, yeah, you need to have that photo in front of people to see what it is. Nari Kearney from Burnt Offerings and the Big Y Art Sale starts at the Carterton Event Centre on the 9th of September.